Our work at KEHI matters, not only to impact the lives of our retail partners and suppliers, but to make a difference in our families, our communities, and even the world. Hello, my name is Adrienne Binder, and I'm your host for Fruit of Your Labor, a KEHI podcast. We aspire to update you on what's happening at KEHI and inspire you with the amazing stories of how you are working to make lives better. Enjoy the episode. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. It's estimated that between 20 and 40 million people are trapped in modern slavery today. Global profits for human traffickers are roughly $150 billion a year. Last year on the podcast, we discussed trafficking in the Chicago area and the work of two of our local Kehi Cares partners. Today, we're going to go to the other side of the world in Nepal and talk with another Kehi Cares partner, Wes Flint, with Restoring Hope Nepal. Wes, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be able to be here. Wes, let's start out by hearing a little bit about you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, first of all, I guess I never really did this early in my life. I was a pastor for 17 years, and I also worked with the persecuted uh, church in different locations around the globe, Burma, Thailand, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, China. But the trafficking issue had accelerated to such an enormous degree that that the Lord really put on my heart to move in that direction. So I basically had to remove some hats, if you will, different positions and jobs that I was doing. And I basically set aside all of those responsibilities. I couldn't help but get involved and start to do something to make a difference, to bring hope to those who have lost hope. So the organization that you're currently working with is called Restoring Hope. Can you tell us a little bit about that organization and your role? Sure. Actually, Restoring Hope Nepal started six years ago. Uh, actually, I went out on my own. I, I was taking care of some orphanages in Nepal. And so as trafficking started to unfold, I, I made the decision to start my own nonprofit. Uh, I have my own board. And so my role now is the executive director. Since then, uh, God has really blessed us in terms of bringing partners in ministry so that we can rescue more and more girls and a big part of what KE and KE Cares is all about is that partnership and how we can work together to bring more girls in that we can offer hope to more and more as time goes by. Can you give us a little bit of a glimpse into what the human trafficking conditions are like in Nepal? Oh, wow. I could go on a long time on that. There's uh, well, let me just say this uh, 15 years ago, it was almost unheard of to find a girl that was trafficked in Kathmandu, in other words, in the major cities within Nepal. It was extremely rare. Now, girls have been trafficked out of Nepal into India primarily and other countries for generations, but you rarely seen it in Kathmandu. And then now we fast forward 10 years and there's an estimated 54 girls a day are now trafficked out of Nepal specifically out of Kathmandu, it's difficult for us to understand living in an American culture. But when you go to someplace like India or Nepal, it's a Hindu culture. So there's a number of things that we take for granted that they have to deal with. One is an education. 
educations are not free and they don't just automatically come to anybody that wants it. Secondly, there's a, it's a caste system and, and within a caste environment, uh, they have a value system. In other words, they put value on human life based on where they fit in economically in that caste or in that family orientation. Many of the girls that we get, in fact, the vast majority come from poor villages and they're, in, they're from a low caste environment or a low caste family. Unfortunately, women have no value or very little value in a Hindu culture. And so I have a network of people that work in and around Kathmandu. And what they do is look for girls that are highly vulnerable. The best case scenario would be that we find girls before they're trafficked. In other words, that we know that they're in a vulnerable situation. And, and so we would like to get them in and provide them job opportunities, provide them education so that they don't get trapped or lured in because many of them are deceived. In fact, young men will often uh, marry a girl or uh, propose to marry a young girl, but their whole motive in doing it is to sell them. Uh, that, and that's, it's a very evil, unbelievable cruelty. I won't go into the details of it, but you can probably imagine cruelty involved. In fact, we just got one girl in her name was Kalpana. She has been trafficked three years and she is today age nine. In other words, she was being sexually abused at the age of six. And of course, as a six-year-old, they, they have no concept of what, what is even happening to them. Often what happens is they feel that they're the one to blame or they're the one at fault. And, and this, this girl is six years old. And she was sexually abused by numerous people until she finally got the notice of a group that we work with inside the brothels. And what they did is they helped to rescue her. They contacted the police, they had the perpetrator that trafficked her arrested. And now she's in our safe house, thank God. And she's being, she's being restored and being renewed and she's being counseled. She's, she's given the opportunity to get an education now. Not just the education, but she's going to go on and get job training where uh, later on in life, she'll be able to use that to support herself and her family. That's the beauty of it. That's the restoration and the reconciliation that is happening to these young girls. But first, we have to be out there. I call it our radar. It's keeping our radar on so that we're panning and looking for these girls that are high risk. And I'll share some more stories, personal stories later on, but that's what that's the function of our ministry is to find those girls, to bring them in. First of all, love them. You know, I've had people ask me all the time, well, what do I need to do to make a difference in this girl's life? or a, a young woman's life, I says, if you can just love them, and not based on who they are or where they've been or what they've done, but just to simply love them. That's all that's really required. And that's a, some amazing work that it sounds like during Hope Nepal is able to do, but I mean, how heartbreaking those, you know, to hear a story about a nine-year-old, um, about a child. Um, I mean, it's amazing that that you were able to save her, but just just so heartbreaking that that's happening to children. So Wes, can you give us some examples of maybe some, some stories of healing and restoration and how Restoring Hope Nepal has, has helped some of these girls and women and, and some of the stories of just what they've been through? Oh, absolutely. Uh, let me just share a couple with you. Uh, and they're, Obviously, they're all tragic stories of horrendous abuse, but there's also light at the end of the tunnel for many of these girls. One of them 
Her name is Prabhati. She had been trafficked for a long period of time, a number of years. She has two young children. She had uh, tried to escape a brothel in Kathmandu a number of times and unfortunately was caught. She got caught by a couple guys that they hang around the edge of the brothels and they look for girls that are, are trying to escape and they'll do everything in their power to try to catch them and keep them inside the brothel. Prabhati was one of those girls. They ended up using, I don't know if you're familiar with a Gurkha knife, but it's more like a machete. It's a military knife that they use in Nepal. Soldiers carry them on them all the time. She had tried to escape, as I said, numerous times before, and I think on her third attempt, uh, she was caught by two thugs severely chopped up with Gurkha knives. I mean, she was she's scars from from her forehead all the way down her body. And what they did is they thought they had killed her. They threw her in the river. And the following morning, as a police car was going across the bridge, they noticed the body laying in the river. They called an ambulance to retrieve the body. And of course, it was her body. But unknown to them, she was still alive, even with all the lacerations. They took her to the hospital and they put her on antibiotics and sewn her up, and she actually survived it. And this girl has been through unbelievable abuse, unbelievable torture, still not knowing where her kids are. And so after she healed up, we got her at Safe Family to Paul. So she came into our program. First thing we did, and the most important thing, is just love them because in their culture, they're just ostracized. They're just viewed as trash especially after they've been trafficked. And it doesn't matter how they got there. Uh, after she came in to save family in Nepal, we give her opportunity and job training. She was there for about two years. And after she realized that, number one, there was people there that cared about her. And that's the greatest thing that we can do is demonstrate over and over that we care for these girls. We genuinely care, that we love them, right? Regardless of how they got there, but we love them and then offer them opportunities for education and job training and counseling. But I'm going to fast forward about a year and a half now up to present day. Today, Prabhati is one of the most joyful people you will ever meet, even behind, even behind all the scars, is this girl that has a renewed and restored life. And that's not me doing it, certainly not me. It's just by just being the hands and feet of Jesus to these girls who have completely lost hope. Now she has her children back. She's been employed. She can, she earns enough money that she can support herself and her children. And she's been given hope. That's the greatest thing that we can do is offer hope to these girls who have completely lost it. That's unbelievable. I mean, that just sounds so scary what she went through, but it's just so wonderful to hear that she's doing so well today, as I'm sure many of the women are that you have helped um, over the years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just give you one other number. So I call it beauty from ashes and 95% of our girls have been restored beauty from ashes. Wes, can you tell us a little bit about how your organization partners with Kehi Cares? Oh, yes. Wow. This started, well, actually, just about the beginning of Restoring Hope in Nepal. Those that are involved with KHE, and that includes you and everyone that's employed through KHE, uh, you're, you're making a difference in many lives. 
And with KHE's involvement, what it has allowed us to do is, you know, we have graduation every year. Every year we have a certain amount of girls that come through the program and they graduate and they move on with their lives after that. And so my goal is to start a new safe house. Right now we have about 28 girls in a very overcrowded safe house with no running water. So we're, we're trying to get those girls moved and to build a new safe house that we can house up to 140 girls, mothers or children, all at the same time. And it's because of Kay, he cares that we've been able to do that. We had, I had no idea where the money was going to come from, but through the giving of Kahee people, we have been able to put enough money to buy land in Kathmandu. We now have the property and we have most of the funds to build a new safe house. So it's really been an answer to prayer. You guys have not only been a blessing to me, but you've been a huge blessing to all of these girls and all of these kids. They are greatly appreciative of what Kahee is doing. So our KHE employees, just by the work that they're doing every single day in their own jobs, are actually, you know, contributing to help this through KHE Cares because, you know, a portion of KHE's profits go into the foundation to help organizations like Restoring Hope Nepal. But what can employees at KHE do to help shine a light on human trafficking in Nepal and around the world or even within the United States? Individually, of course. Contributing monetarily is one of the greatest things that, that you guys can do. And I know that many of KE people have donated. There's other things that you can do, and one of them is go. That's uh, one of the greatest blessings is uh, I've, I've had the opportunity and the privilege to travel with a number of KE people. And I, I think I can say without exception, every one of those people that has been there, they've got a chance to love on these children and on these girls and to and to just simply give, give of their time, to give of their energy, their money, their resources, but most importantly, to give of their love. It has transformed their lives. It has changed them. So that's the second thing that KE people can do. Thirdly, is to just write a letter. I mean, it, it's, it's just incredibly important to these girls. Contact Restoring Hope Nepal, and we would be happy to send you a name and it's so important that someone halfway around the world would write a letter, uh, just a letter of encouragement, a letter of hope, a letter that someone over here in America is praying for them, a letter that says that we care, a letter that says how much we really love you and that we're going to take care of you and it's going to be okay. It, it's so valuable to have KHE people write a letter and then they we can we'll we will literally hand deliver those letters when we have teams go over there. So that's a, that's a third way for KE people to get involved and to help out with trafficking. Well, Wes, I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast today and for sharing your stories of restoration and shining a light on what's going on in Nepal so that our employees are aware of what's going on there and understand the dire situation. There's ways that they can help. Yes. Amen. To our KHE employees, the work that you're doing every day is impacting organizations like Restoring Hope Nepal. Your work is what enables Wes and his organization to do even more. If you're interested in writing a letter, you can visit his website at restoringhopenepal.org. 
and also learn more about his organization there. Or if you're interested in maybe making a personal donation to help fight human trafficking, you can do so on the Kahee Cares website at kahecares.org. On the donation page, you're able to select a purpose for your donation where you can select human trafficking. Thanks so much. And thank you so much.